Hello, this is Larry Dobrow, Senior Editor of mm and Magazine. I am here today with Erin Hagen, who is the Deputy Director of Evidence for Action. And we have probably the best podcasting studio you're going to come up with. We are overlooking one of the great running trails that either of us have run on, on the side of the Colorado River in Austin. So thank yes. you for the uh, location and thank you for your time, Erin. Absolutely. <laughs> so excited to be chatting with you and enjoying this lovely view. Absolutely. People are whipping by on scooters, they're whipping by on bikes. Um, and we're going to hopefully not get run over here. This will be good. Um, first and foremost, uh, you said this was your first South by Southwest. Um, yeah. Give me some impressions. Um, tell us a little bit about um, Evidence for Action's uh, presence here. Yeah, absolutely. So Evidence for Action is a grant-making program of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. So we're not the only voice of RWJF that is here at South by. There are a handful of other folks that have been talking about the work. Um, you know, it's massive, of course. Every, uh, when I went to a speaker um, prep session, they talked about how this was an industry event or an industry conference and uh, someone asked, well, what industry? And they said, all of them. And it's it's pretty true. You know, there's health and med, there's uh, social good, there's tech, there's... Uh, yeah, with your organization, you touch on so many of these exactly, places. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that has been, I think, something that our goal with coming here really was to try to reach a mainstream audience with more traditional research uh, around the impacts, health impacts of social interventions. And so we wanted to try to get out of the academy and to the out to the people. And so we thought, you know, influence, in the, this is a place where you see influencers in other industries, and that's why we came. Um, how did it go? Do you find that you accomplished that? Was it sort of a, a work in progress that, you know, you do the follow-up after the fact? Yeah, you know, there were, so there's two things. I feel like our session was really well situated in the health and med tech track. I went to a number of other health and med uh, tech sessions and the unique piece that we brought was to talk about how you really do measure, rigorously evaluate the interventions to know whether they're impacting health and how. And other, our title of our session was getting a good return on our health investments. And so how do we know if we're getting a good return on those investments? Um, so from that respect, I think it was, it was well situated. We had a great audience participation and a really good audience. On the other hand, you sort of realize even in a place like this that you have selection bias to be, yeah. you know, sort of wonky, yeah. uh, which means that people are coming to your session who already are interested in the work that you're doing. So then it just puts a little more impetus on me and others to go out and network and get out of our own comfort zone and talk to people who maybe don't know as much about what we're doing or who, who we can find those connections with and, um, and build those new relationships. Um, certainly, we know about what you what you do. Or all of our listeners might not give us sort of the uh, the version that you've been giving everybody here in South by Southwest, sort of the uh, the base version of Evidence for Action. Yeah. So Evidence for Action funds research. We give other people grants to do research, evaluating the health impacts of a variety of interventions. We define intervention pretty broadly. It could be a program, a policy, a partnership, some sort of practice. And most of what we've funded is evaluating how interventions that aren't designed to impact health are in, in fact doing that. So maybe it's an intervention in financial security or housing security or food access. Uh, for example, we funded an evaluation of how a matched individual development account did or did not improve fin people's financial security as well as their health outcomes. 
Um, we So we've funded a broad range of those sorts of interventions. I was just mentioning to you one in uh, uh, where our yes. evaluators are looking at the impact of the increase in minimum wage in Seattle. And in fact, Austin is the control city for that study where they haven't seen an increase in minimum wage. And so um, they're comparing what happens in Seattle to what's happening here in Austin and out, health outcomes of the people who are uh, getting boosts in their wages. Um, do, you, do you find this is a good time to be doing the type of research that you're, you're, you're I'm sorry, your group to be funding the type of research that you're funding? I mean, certainly, you know, there uh, tends to be a movement away from science in America yeah. right now. Um, has this proven an opportunity or has this proven a challenge? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if we were a traditional business where we were looking for customers and we considered our uh, grantees our customers, it would be a great time to yeah. be doing business. <laughs> business we're not, is booming. Yeah, business is booming. Um, we're not that sort of traditional business. I think what it does is put the impetus on us to really focus on that dissemination and making sure that the evidence is very rigorous and that we're sharing it with people actively. The uh, two sides of evidence for action are the rigor in the evidence and then the sharing with people who can use that evidence to make decisions so that it doesn't sit behind a firewall in an academic journal on a shelf somewhere and so really building those relationships and uh, and and helping our grantees understand how to do that because a lot of them are academic researchers and they haven't been as comfortable or as familiar with that sort of dissemination and so um, really pushing them to share their findings in accessible ways with people who can use that information to make decisions. Um, the sharing piece of it. To a certain extent, you almost have to use marketer-like techniques exactly. to get through. Um, tell us some of the techniques that have worked, some of the ones that may be proven less than successful. Yeah, exactly. So. You know, interestingly enough, the, you can't ever get away from those building relationships, right? And so we really encourage people to build relationships early on, uh, to reach out before they have findings, to start those that relationship building, and we do see that that's relatively successful. But we've also had people be successful using the popular press, uh, writing op-eds or having their research featured, and a couple of our grantees have been featured in the New York Times. Um, really interesting research around um, some contentious topics and interestingly enough sometimes contentious topics are uh, more newsworthy or at least are getting the headlines these days. Um, <laughs> it's a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also ha host briefings, briefing events and we partner with other organizations, um, national organizations to host sort of nonpartisan educational uh, events in all over the country, the nice thing about being a national funder is the fact that we are able to share and um, and work across the nation. Um, some of those um, contentious topics, um, you know, sure. without going too deep into it and any of the related issues to it. Um, what what are some of the most contentious ones that the organization has worked with recently? Um, why was there a level of contentiousness? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what they are, and you will know without me okay. explaining why they were contentious. So yeah. we have the the nice thing about evidence fraction. Also, it's a rolling program, meaning we have no deadlines for submission, and uh, it's investigator-initiated, so we don't have a research agenda or questions we're looking to have answered. So we, it also creates a space for the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation to fund work that doesn't fit squarely into other areas of its portfolio, maybe. Mm -hmm. So we have the foundation's only gun violence research is funded through Evidence for Action. We funded a number of grants looking at immigration policy and how that impacts both immigrant health and broader population health outcomes. Um, we have a minimum wage study as I mentioned um, and uh, uh, um, so those are some of the sort of I guess more contentious areas immigration gun violence um, 
Uh, some of the other areas that are really pressing that we fund in, funded in but are slightly less contentious are related to housing and the housing crisis and other economic opportunity initiatives where we're really, you're really trying to look at how do we um, increase people's opportunity. But even in that space, there is a there are grants looking at um, affirmative action rollbacks and small and minority business set-asides. And, uh, you know, anytime you're trying to disrupt the status quo, people can, can <laughs> might, might be a little uncomfortable with that conversation. Yeah, well, you're here among all the disruptors of the universe, you know, in every field on the planet. So it's the right place to be. Um, in terms of the, peop the people that, you know, come to you that, you know, you eventually work with, what, what's the, how do they, this is kind of a inelegant way to put it, how do they get your attention? How do they get the organization to say, you know what, this is something that we want to possibly take a pretty deep dive into? Yeah, so the, the very sort of straightforward process is that people submit a two-page letter of intent to us, oh. <laughs> and then I review them, and I've reviewed over 1,800 so far 1800. since the program launched in 2015. So. Um, so that does mean how do you stand out when you're sending, setting in those letters of intent. So we're really looking for sort of timely pressing issues, people who are trying to address timely pressing issues by intervening, and then the rigor of the methods to evaluate them. We want people to be able to draw a causal inference to the greatest extent possible. And so um, you get a little bit more wonky on the data and research side and science side when you start to talk about that. But uh, we recognize that there are lots of people out there doing really interesting work that don't have that value expertise and so just last fall we launched a new service where you can apply if you're doing some important work but you don't have a research partner and we will help match you with a researcher anywhere in the country and we're helping to support more community-based organizations who are doing important work that way so essentially spreading it out you know, exactly. um, you know basically giving people the tools they need to make it work yeah exactly that's the goal just one last question for you here, because I swore I'd only take 10 minutes of your time and we're bumping right up against it. Um, the future, you know, um, let's say we're having this conversation again in 18 months, 24 months. Um, what are some of the organization's most pressing, um, I don't want to say, you know, projects, but, you know, what are sure. some of the goals, the overarching goals that, you know, you'd like to maybe take down yeah. that time period? I mean, the big thing, the big thing for us right now, I think now that we've been around for um, about four years, I guess we awarded our first grant about three and a half years ago, is to, now we have findings and we really need to get those out and get them out to the right people. Um, we ju I just came from another meeting with the foundation in Houston and Kenya Barris was there oh. talking with us, who's the, for people who don't know, the uh, creator of Blackish, and he was talking about how he does has used RWJF research in his writing of uh, episodes for the show and gave a great example of one where he talked about how research that was funded by RWJF, white men um, who are rich, their children are likely to stay rich, and black men who are well off, their children are more likely to fall back down. And so how do we create sort of a safety net for that to not happen and put in place the structures that keep people lifted up? And so I think those are the types of really creative, innovative partnerships that are getting research out to the mainstream and educating people about what's going on. Um, and so for us to really focus on figuring out what works and then sharing that and replicating it around the country. I tell you what's great is that, you know, you know, you wouldn't think of that as a natural partnership, but then when you explain it, like, that is of the course. most natural thing that you can come across. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, Erin, thank you so much for your time here today. Um, you know, we're going to put this up a little bit later, so uh, go listen to yourself on the way uh, on the plane home, I guess. Right? Excellent. Thank yeah. you so much, and thank you for helping us to achieve our goal of getting this work out and sharing it with new people. Absolutely. Um, that was Evidence for Actions, Erin Hagen. This is Larry Dobrow from MM&M. Thanks so much for your time. Take care.